Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You're listening to Happer and Shaper on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on Happer and Schaefer on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. In all seriousness, um... Super interesting agreed-upon metrics in uh, Scott Frost's contract that I'm not sure if we'll ever know, or I'm not sure are... I'm also not even sure that they're concrete, right? Like, it's not like it says somewhere or what their handshake agreement was, hey, you need to win five out of your first six right. games, or like you need to win seven games next year. That, that, that brings up the other conversation of, like, what are the expectations for next year? And I honestly can't even begin to it, – it, it doesn't feel like – I simple wrote this, I think. It doesn't feel like just 6-6 six and six would be enough, you know? But that would be improvement. Yeah. Weirdly, I think that 6-6 six and six is probably fine. I mean, ideally, you'd rather be 7-6 and six so you have the winning season to go along with it sort of thing. But It's hard to ask for a really – you know, like a huge jump considering where the program has been. But honestly, I think that's kind of where we're at. It's even harder in my mind because there's almost no argument someone can make to me where they're going to be better next season in terms of a roster. They're going to be worse. So then the idea of making a huge jump is just like the ball bounces your way twice during the game and it didn't this past year. And then as we've known, like Nebraska has no luck that isn't bad. So why should we assume that next year will be different? So... It's I I can really get down that uh, that hole. Yeah, frankly, just sort of looking at it from a base level, like six and six next year would be improvement. It'd be really odd to me that if you retain a guy at three and nine potentially, but move on at six and six with a different looking staff. I just that seems odd too. like what was the point of retention this year then? So, am I reading this wrong, or you feel like he gets two more years, or you know, you feel like he well, gets two I, more I years. think six and six would give him another year. Interesting. I I don't know. I it's hard for me to say at this point. Yeah. Well, and obviously, there's a lot that they we, don't have an offensive staff. <laughs> so we don't know though. They might just decide to hire an offensive coordinator and then just fill in with defensive coaches. Who knows? And it could just be Sean Becton and uh, the offensive coordinator and analyst running the offense. And Thomas Fedoni. I there's a part of me and we we didn't really get into this much last week cuz we didn't really you couldn't because it wasn't really game week. If they came out and they played offense well against one of the best defenses that they're going to play all year with no assistant coaches on staff besides Sean Becton. Would that not kind of fit a category of just sort of perfectly bizarre that describes this whole season for him? Yeah. Because they just come out and this is a game where they score four touchdowns, you know, 
We can know that again, not a huge amount, but if you do that, they like have these nice long sustained drives that lead them into. They look crisp and efficient. They have like two eleven play scoring drives. Yeah, Adrian is spry and throwing the ball all over the yard with perfect accuracy. It would be weird, but I have not ruled it out against the best defense that they'll see. Very unlikely. Um, but yeah, it it also just kind of like sort of just fits Nebraska's mo at this point like whatever you think they are they're just gonna be different yeah that's the alan bell what the hell bet of the week <laughs> i'm excited for that we I, have to, we I reminded him i remind he's gonna come up with his own okay good yeah because we 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 wouldn't be any good with it doing it every week but he's gonna come up with his own uh well you can barely come up with a golf shot a week it's tough <laughs> it's very difficult um so i i will be excited delighted to hear where he goes i don't even the monday night game is the 49ers are home against the rams Mm. so it could be an obj related uh parlay so it's the same game parlay he can pick as many legs as he wants last week we did two this is exciting it was ben roethlisberger to go over six and a half yards rushing and score a rushing touchdown he did not do either of those (laughs) didn't come close (laughs) so We'll see. But, yeah, it's the he Alan did Bell. A, he had a one-yard run. He did. Yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> he had one of the biggest runs of the game. Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Allen Bell what-the-hell parlay of the week. So. Uh, off the text line, notice how the administration won't put any expectations on. They clearly want Frost as the coach. If you give expectations, he has to meet them. Winning is no longer the priority for the Nebraska Athletic Department. They want the optics of Scott Frost to work so bad. Oh, I think both – things can be true at the same like i i think they want scott frost to work and i think want i think trev wants to work with scott frost on all that stuff um but i i think he's um obviously not clearly because of the metrics that were buried in the contract like it has the expectations haven't been clearly let out but to the public yeah yeah i'm i'm pretty sure you know trev is done a really good job as far as that's concerned with his coaches i i think that he knows what he wants people need to be a little more understanding of the position that trev alberts was largely put in as becoming the ad in july and it's his first go around with scott frost so everything he does is colored in sort of that aspect and so while winning is obviously massively important and it's it's ultimately what Nebraska has to do to sustain its program. I can see where a guy coming into that position would be looking for things below the surface just as much as he'd be looking for whether they ultimately had the most points at the end of the gun. Yeah. And so I, I think he's done a fairly good job of, of explaining that, but I would not use that against Trev Alberts going forward. I think the expectations will be pretty high from his end of things. Um, and that's just kind of based on how he was at UNO and, and everything else. I just It's been four months. It's really hard. He he's, has yeah. to go through that entire thing, dive into the financial right. piece of it, what his administration is going to look like, what his leadership team is going to look like, how he wants him to operate. Like, this is a daily, daily, like, it, it's a it's an athletic department culture thing. Yep. You know, and like that stuff obviously doesn't happen ov- overnight. You get the right people in place, and that helps. Um, but you have to go out there and do it. I, like the things that he does are pointed. I've talked about this before. Like 
he he was at the women's basketball game yesterday and and just think about this compared to some other athletic directors that we've seen he was at the just a small example he goes to the women's basketball game on, on a sunday and he sits courtside and he is was he heckling n- not not heckling but <laughs> but he's he's talking to everybody that comes by yep. he gives a fist bump to the guy who did the layup and the free throw and the three pointer even though he missed all the shots you know is like hey nice job out there you know he's he's active he's animated he's in the game he's also watching Amy really closely you know like just to see how she reacts to stuff like he's he's always in that kind of mode I feel like and when you're an athletic director you have to you have to be a, a judge of a judge of coaches and how your athletic department works, and then you have to be a public figure too. Yep. And he finds a way to kind of balance all those things. Well, and no one can ever accuse him of not being present at stuff for sure, um, which was an issue for the previous AD. Yeah, um, especially when it pertains to basketball. When it really pertained to anything. Remember that, that one time where he sat in the suite and then there were like photogs like climbing up the wall to get a picture I do, of him? Yeah. Because it was very awkward because they didn't turn the lights on in the suite. Mm-hmm. And the photos were him sitting Grainy. as I am right now. Where you, I, I feel like I always project hostile vibes because I'm sitting like with my arms folded like yeah. this. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Uh, but that's basically what the picture was, was of him in the suite. It was either a they were he, like he was dra- Moose was dragged to the basketball game, or b he didn't know that there was this entire controversy going around surrounding him and his lack of being at basketball games. Well, he had either, never he had never attended a basketball. Either, game. either one of the, they were both bad, like right. But Trev is is. is tapped into all that stuff yeah like he know he knows what people are saying he he talks to booster i mean he's talking to a you know person who sits courtside the entire game right he's not afraid of any of that stuff which is good I mean, like that doesn't tell you everything but it tells you a little bit about who he is and his kind of management style i think so um all, all of that is to say i i don't know how this whole thing works out with frost but i i get the sense that he knows what he wants to see. And as far as, so as far as the metrics are concerned, the mutually agreed upon metrics, um, like there's a certain amount of, I guess, trust that I have that even though it might not be written out on paper, or it might not be publicly talked about that he'll hold them to whatever standard that is. Yeah. What, whatever it is in his head. You know what I mean? And the, the standard for next like, year, I, tr- I trust him. The standard for next year is going to be higher than the standard was for this year. And to and then you know that eventually that levels off because you have to have it can't always be expected to be higher like you have to be able to maintain at some point but um where where it does get fascinating and just kind of circle this all back is I really think that if they go six and six next year he'll be back for twenty twenty three um I just I would be really surprised if they moved on immediately after a, a six and six season in which you went to a bowl game that's interesting I that wasn't the read I got out of all that I, mm-hmm. you know they cut that buyout in half and then the 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 specific date like my read was they won't hesitate 
if they feel like you know that it hasn't met whatever it needs to meet. So maybe even if there's a gray area that is a race, and I I think they want it to work, obviously, and as he said multiple times, but um, you know, next year really is the year. Uh, that's that's my sense. Yeah. Yeah. I. I just I think we've we've done the referendum thing for a couple years now that I I might have some fatigue on it where it's like I have a hard time imagining that next year is completely the year. Well, it's got it's got to start being about results. And yeah, I agree. And well, I, I, I think Trev said that a bunch of times and a bunch. Of, Sam Sam actually um, he he published a quote today that I thought that was um, really good. I'll, I'll find it here in just a second, but it is on the topic of basically. We've been talking about Nebraska football or Nebraska athletics for so long as it pertains to, like, in the context of progress and progress being good. Like, as long as we're doing things well in the abstract and not necessarily in wins and losses, then we can kind of keep going with this thing. And I think part of Trev's thing is to come in and say, yeah, okay, that's cool, but let's also win. Right? And that that stuff has to matter, too. It's just hard to get to that point when they could very well finish the year three and nine. Here's here's what here's what Trev said. And this is what Sam put in his uh, rewind column today. Uh, Albert said, "Quote: I think what you've seen across college football today is I don't think there's any coaching position that any coach wouldn't have some trepidation. We're in the competition business. This is results oriented." I know we've talked a lot about process, the need to move away from results-oriented, but coaches are competitive people. They get into the business because they love to compete. If there are a few people who'd be concerned about that, I'm not sure that they're the right fit. We want competitive people here who aren't anticipating failure. I don't know. That 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 says to me, like, hey, you know, we can talk about progress all we want, but let's let's go. Yeah. Yeah, I I just it's hard. And maybe, maybe six is enough. I like I, I, I. It's just hard to square up the actions of three and nine. That if you jump three games there, and you have six wins, and I, it it all sort of depends on how it looks, right? Because if you're six and six and your six losses, you it doesn't. It doesn't. It, but you're not competitive against Oklahoma. You're not competitive against Michigan. You're not competitive. You know, then that could really sort of lead to a different kind of conversation. So you do kind yeah. of have to see how it looks. Um but I think I've just – it's just hard for me to get to the point where I think it has to be 8-4 and four or it has to, you know. I don't know, one, I don't know that Trev Alberts will want to have a specific this is what it has to be. No. Uh, other than probably 500 or better. Yeah. So that's that's sort of where I come in on the 6-6 six and six thing, though. Right. And I could be completely wrong. I mean, I if you would have told me before the year that Scott Frost still would be here at 3-9 and – Potentially three and nine. Yeah, I would not have believed that. Even four and eight. Exactly. Which uh, is probably and it's best still case really scenario. hard to believe that. Yeah. Even saying it out loud. But this is where you are. Yeah, and well, I didn't. I didn't think you'd be dealing with a new athletic director going. I mean, think about this. If <laughs> if Bill Moose is still here, and keep in mind what he said before yeah. he left, which was I think nine wins would be pretty good. If we're still dealing with that, I I mean. I, I I don't know if we're in the same spot today. Yeah, but then you also don't know if 
so I didn't know. I didn't think that we'd be doing dealing with a new athletic director, and then he's had to come in and figure out whatever it is over the last four months, and that hasn't come overnight. So it feel that's why it feels like a let's push the cart down the road type of thing because yep. it is. I, yeah, it, oh, it, it simply is. is. Yeah, because you're not you're not standing dictating results or asking for results right now because right. you aren't getting them. So, yeah, I, that's. I mean, next year, just like this year, it's it's going to be – it gets interesting right away. You have the week zero game, and this time it's in Ireland. Um, We're going to Ireland. Which Another weird thing. Absolutely absurd that that game is going to happen. I, I just am dumbfounded that they have not found – like, they have not found a way to get out of that. I, I am just – Sort of gobsmacked by the whole thing. New athletic director, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. new athletic. Like, it wasn't his deal. Um, we're still, like, I know this is hard for some people to accept. You're still in a pandemic. Right. People aren't traveling in the same way. You're likely looking at a whole new offensive staff Which and quarterback. makes it a little bit difficult to sell tickets because of the kind of uncertainty. And now is about the time where people would kind of want to do it, actually, right around the holidays, probably. Yeah. And there's just still like, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. So you're going to be banking on like people going out and buying tickets four months, three or four months before the game. Um, and that's not always the most certain thing. All right. Uh, a lot of ground covered there. want to hear from you guys. 402-464-5685. We'll take a break here. Come back. Rico's in next for true or false. More of Happer and Shaper is coming your way on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.